Coming up on today's show, AEW Championships stay put. NXT ratings take a bump for week two. A little something I noticed on Most Wanted Treasures. Two dudes with attitude hitting the peacock. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer has his moment 21 years ago today. MLW announces their first shows with fans. And John attempts Backlash 2005 trivia and more on this 82nd episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for April 22nd, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I'm joined today by the living legend himself, John DeCani. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, very good. We have a whole bunch to get into today. I'm, I'm excited to talk about Dynamite and Rebellion and a bunch of news. Um, but I want to kick the show off and ask you the question I asked John DeCani or John Smith. Uh, the big feud going on around WWE and NXT and all over the world for years is, are you a cat person or a dog person? And, uh, Taya Valkyrie and Io Shirai have, have uh, put theirs out there. So what are you? <laughs> yeah, I would say, just like John Smith, I would say in that feud, I'd be uh, rooting for Io, but I am 100% a dog person. All right. Not a fan of cats in the least. <laughs> well, I'm going to be, I'm probably more of a fan of cats, but I'm still cheering for Taya or Frankie. Excuse me. <laughs> That's going to be a while for me. So, all right, let's jump in. Uh, I think lead story is Dynamite from last night, and we have championship retentions. We have a bunch of weirdness going on after the TNT championship match with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So let's let's jump in with first and foremost. I think that women's that women's title match was incredible. I think. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, I I, I just I, I said this in the uh, the, the watch along thread last night. Uh, but I just I love the fact that the AEW women's division, which for a long time I avoided saying anything about because I really didn't have much to say about it. It just keeps getting better and better. They just keep putting on. And, and that unfortunately, that even included uh, the champion, Cheetah. She, she wasn't putting on bad matches, but there was nothing memorable about a lot of her matches. You know, she's had this really long run. And she is a fantastic talent, but she doesn't have a lot of memorable matches. She definitely, you know, put one in that column last night. That was a fantastic match. I think what I'll say is that they seem to maximize their minutes when it comes to the big matches, right? If they if they put some momentum behind it and promote the match, and it's not just like a next week these two are going to face each other, the matches tend to be good to good to great. Like you know, Thunder Rosa and Brett Baker was great. Sheeta versus Tay Conti was great. Um, Sheeta on each one of the pay-per-views I thought was really, really good too. So I think when it's a big match feel, you you walk away feeling like you watched a big match. So I think that's what we got last night. It was a great match. Definitely one to seek out uh, if you're a fan of women's wrestling. Um, and the other championship match was Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. And this was a really good match too and very different from Darby's match last week. Absolutely, yeah. And you kind of could anticipate that because, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't false count anywhere for starters. But, you know, these are two guys of, of <clears throat> similar size. So you, you figured you were going to get a nice uh, in-ring 
Uh, you know, it was a little bit uh, more mat based than I even uh, expected it to be, even though Jungle Boy does have uh, a submission. So there, there was some grappling there. They flew around a little bit. It was a really good match. Yeah, Jungle Boy had him caught in that snare trap a few times. And um, that's kind of like the submission uh, version of a false finish, right? Like, because uh, everybody felt that we talked to, everybody felt that Darby was going to win the match, but there was like this thing going on in the back of our heads that Jungle Boy could pull this one out. And then you're getting deep in the match and he's got Darby in that snare trap. Darby did escape and he's got that pin that he uses, the uh, Last Supper. And it's, right. like, it's funny because the match just ends. He puts that pin on and it's, I, I don't know if there's a lot of people in wrestling that have a finishing move that is a pin. Right. Colt Cabana, who uses the uh, the Superman pin or whatever, and Darby Allen, the Last Supper. It's 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 weird, you know. Usually yeah, you get like a big impact yeah. thing, and not here. So yeah, it's it's more exciting than you know just a roll up, but still, it's kind of like you know the match kind of oh, and it and it's over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We got a shout out. Good morning to good morning back to the Paradox Pod. Uh, they were chiming in to say good morning to us, so thank you guys. Uh, Paradox Pod also covers a lot of CCW um, events, like I do. So, very good. Welcome. We also had promos from both the Inner Circle and Pinnacle on the show, and I think we're going to see that probably next week too, and maybe even on May 5th as we bleed to Blood and Guts, because Blood and Guts was announced to be a one-match show. I think that's that's incredible right like when did you last see a, a television show that was a one match show exactly even, even wrestlemania 12 with a 60 minute iron man match had more than that one match right yeah you're, you're talking about a, a two-hour show that's going to revolve around one singular match i mean that's you know i'm sure there'll be a lot of backstage stuff and you know uh, as we talked about in uh, pre-production maybe you know pulling the locker room and who you're pulling for who do you love who do you hate whatever but uh, two hours built around one match. That's going to be interesting how they pull it off, but uh, I, I tend to give them credit that I trust that they will be able to pull it off. Yeah, and you and I were theorizing a little bit about how this was going to play out before the show, right? You've got 10 guys, two are going to start, and then you have probably five-minute intervals. So you count up, you got eight, eight guys to enter. That's 40 minutes right there. So that's the bulk of an hour. Um, yeah. Plus you're going to do extended intros you're going to make a big scene out of who gets to go first and you're going to do a coin flip and probably some pre-match like interview type things so all that maybe leads you through the first hour and then you they must be planning on having 35 40 minutes of uh, uh i forget what they call it when they when they're all in the ring the uh the final battle or whatever uh in the ring before so that a pin occurs and then they got to warm down at the end i guess maybe an ankle at the end or something so uh, very interesting call to do a one match show. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how it plays out. Um, we also talked about when we talked about the TNT championship match, we probably should have mentioned that at the end, big angle, Scorpio sky, Ethan page, Lance Archer sting. Everybody's out there. I don't know where that's going, but a lot of people are circling Darby Allen. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how any of that, uh, you know, figures into the TNT championship. I mean, you know, um, Archer's already had a shot at it. Scorpio's already had a shot at it. I, you know, I could certainly see Ethan page maybe being up next, 
But uh, you know, do we wind up with uh, a tag team? You know, does Archer join Allen and face those? T- I, I don't. I don't know where they're going with all that. But once again, well, first we thought Sting and Archer were going to face each other, but n- and now it seems like that's not what's going to happen. So I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we probably don't. But we thought that's what they were going to do, and now it seems like they've moved away from that. Maybe we'll see Jake Roberts versus Sting. Um, we've seen that before, but not in like 25 years. So, uh, actually, what am I saying? It's probably been 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, they committed felonies, but we're okay with it, right? That was one of the best stuff on the show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm up for anytime Eddie Kingston and John Moxley want to run their truck into the side of a trailer, I'll tune in to watch. Absolutely. I'm there. <laughs> Um, but John, the one big thing from the show last night, it's not even a big thing. It was kind of a fleeting moment, but Jade Cargill gets on and she does a pre-tape promo and says, I don't need a manager, which naturally means she's going to get one. Um, so I have pulled out there. I sent out the, after the dynamite went off the air, I put out my post. I said, who should be Jade's manager? I've heard jazz. I've heard Vicky Guerrero. I've heard Zelina Vega. What say you, who do you think it should be? Uh, just looking forward to, you know, I, whoever it winds up being, I don't think it'll be long-term. So looking more forward to the breakdown of it than the actual run with her. Uh, I think you stick her with Vicky, you know, you make a little, uh, a little click out of, uh, those two and Nyla so that when Jade realizes, I don't need this, you have her face Nyla. And she's one of the few women who, you know, could pound for pound go with her because, Nyla's a bigger gal, and Jade is unbelievably uh, strong, at least it looks like so far. So I think that would be a good match to come out of it. So more so than worried about what rub she gets from the manager, look at the uh, the breakdown of it. Absolutely. I, I put out there, I think that it would be great if she joined the Pinnacle. I think that would be fun. She could get management from Telly Blanchard, and they have, they have somebody that's like Wardlow-esque in their ranks to go after the women's division, you know? So yeah, there you go. Um, we also had on the show, Adam page beat Ricky Starks, uh, Penta beat Trent and Alex Abrahantas stole the show. You know, he's all Don Callis and knocks uh, Penta with the, with the microphone. I think we've gone to that, you know, twice now we're good. We're not see that for a while, but, but good stuff. Trent's mom alone for Christ's sake. <laughs> right. QT Marshall got a win over Billy Gunn and Kristen Cage beat Will Hobbs and all those outcomes materialize into matches for next week too. We have Dustin Billy and Lee Johnson versus QT Marshall, Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo. The inner circle and pinnacle parlay, whatever that is. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. We're really getting on that um, rhyming scheme there. Young Bucks versus Mike and Matt Seidel in a tag team eliminator match. And Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Do uh, you think uh, Miro shows up for that? Uh, well, I th- you know, they, they advertise it as Penelope Ford with Kip. So I guess if Kip shows up, Miro might come out and say, like, where you been, buddy? I've been looking for you for weeks. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot coming up next week. They did a lot on last night's episode. Uh, John, I think, we, I think we're good on Dynamite, right? We can move on. I believe talked so. About, talked about cats and dogs, but everything else. Well, um, so that's it for the dynamite segment of the show. But 
we've got a whole bunch more news to get into and stuff like that. But before we do, I want to give people a little preview of what's coming up on a very special episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show tomorrow. Now, if you're listening on audio, go ahead and hit that forward two twice, uh, forward 30 seconds twice, about a minute video here that I'm going to play that really doesn't have much audio behind it. So here we go. This is coming up tomorrow on the Daily Wrestling News Show. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. we have CCW Cruiserweight Champion Chris Farrow on the show. Uh, first time I did a trailer for a show. That was kind of fun. But, um, but uh, yes, tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Very special Friday edition of the show. We will have Chris Farrow on tomorrow at 10 a.m. Okay, uh, today's history lesson, John. Tommy Dreamer, who, as you mentioned, we mentioned at the top of the show, Tommy Dreamer won the ECW Championship from Taz at CyberSlam, and it was the fifth iteration of CyberSlam, and it was Taz's last match at ECW as well. So um, congratulations, Tommy Dreamer. I'm sorry to say that you lost it a few minutes later after his big uh, emotional promo of he might never make it to WrestleMania, and he doesn't want to make it to Starcade, but he did make it to the ECW arena. Um, he got attacked by Justin Credible, and then boom, boom, match. Dreamer loses the belt. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, we still love you. Francine turned on him, you know. I mean, how do you not see that coming? Should have had Beulah out there with him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, fast forward 10 years, um, just a random note. Drew McIntyre was wrestling on SmackDown. He got a win over Chris Masters. He used the Future Shock DDT as his finisher. Chris Masters currently the NWA national champion as Chris Adonis. So, uh, And Drew still wrestling on top at WWE, although he had a little break there. So. And then five years after that, in 2015, Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte and Bailey in a triple threat number one contenders match on NXT. That's fun. <laughs> that is your, uh, that's your update for the, uh, for the week, uh, for today, on what happened today in history. So there you go. Let's move into the news. And uh, we got the NXT ratings from this week. They came in. They were 841. They're up from 8.05 last week, so this is their second week of being unopposed, and we are seeing a climb. I like that. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure when uh, when you sent me the, the script for the cold open. Uh, the, the ratings take a bump. I was like, wait, they take a bump or they get a bump? Or did they go up or down? So glad to hear uh, that they went up. You know what? I, you know, I was just – great point. I'll have to think about my wrestling terminology <laughs> when I uh, – <laughs> When I do that cold open, but they got a bump up, 
not a bump in their suffering. <laughs> so good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, EC3 is in the hospital. Apparently, he went to to uh, Instagram to say that he's in the hospital. He's been there for five days. This was yesterday, and he needs more time. I guess there was an infection that he didn't take care of properly, and that landed him in the hospital. So, um, best wishes to EC3. Hope he gets out soon. Hopefully, it's not one of those nasty staff infections. Right, right. MLW announced last night that they will be running this July in Philadelphia with fans at the ECW arena. Of course, it's now called the 2300 arena, but less dramatic. Uh, so they're running with fans in July. It's going to kick off their second or their next season, I guess. So you're putting on a show at uh, the corner of Swanson and Rittner. People are going to show up. You know, uh, MLW said they are ending their season on May 5th with a world middleweight fight between Leo Rush and former champion Myron Reed. And the new season isn't going to start until after, well, to, it's going to include this July taping. So um, so we're going to have a, a MLW pause again from May to July, it sounds like. Uh, but when we get it back, we're going to have content that has fans in it. And I think it's interesting, John, I haven't heard of anything outside of Florida really running a venue like that, an indoor little arena like that. So um, this should be great. Yeah, yeah. I expected to see some shows, uh, you know, pop up in Texas after Texas announced they were going to let people into their uh, – they were going to pack their baseball stadium. But, again, that's that's open air. And uh, so I haven't even seen anything uh, going really on in Texas other than the baseball for now. So, yeah, to find out something's uh, indoor with fans coming to Philly, uh, that's good news for the East Coast. Absolutely, absolutely. Texas is running some. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have my thumb on the Texas scene, but uh, I know they are running. I actually just saw yesterday Thunder Rosa posted that she'll be um, facing uh, Slamovich in, in Texas. So that's that's great. So there is there is some stuff happening in Texas. So don't hate us if you're from Texas. <laughs> um, Sangria Park also. No, okay, so back to Philip, Pennsylvania. Sangria Park in Pittsburgh is going to be renamed after Bruno San Martino. That was announced yesterday, so that's a fun little bit for uh, for Bruno. Too bad he's not alive to see that. Yeah, it's a shame, but congrats. Good stuff happening there. And in the cold open, you mentioned that two dudes with attitude are heading to Peacock. Be careful of your abbreviations and everything in this sentence, but um, WWE untold the Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels story is headed to peacock on may 2nd and they are calling it two dudes with attitude so um that's a free one everybody go make your memes <laughs> two dudes with attitude hitting the peacock so um most wanted treasures so i was alluding to this in the cold open john uh, i watched the i watched the episode you know what you're not going to really learn anything it's not going to be this great big revelation or anything you know what? But it's really kind of fun <laughs> just to watch them yeah. walk around looking for artifacts and stuff. And interestingly, it seems almost like Mick Foley had insight to you know mark his items a certain way and things. And said, I think he's he marked it ring worn or something. Um, and he knew the difference between the sacos. He knew which ones were on television and stuff. So uh, it was really interesting. I liked it. Yeah, that was, I think the, the one thing we did learn is that, you know, uh, the the TV versions of Sacco were not McFoley originals. They were done by uh, uh, 
uh, Richie Posner, uh, one of the uh, you know one of the guys on the crew there, and uh, it, you know, we got a side by side comparison of you know oh, this is how Mick drew them, this is how Mr. Posner drew them, and you know if that one that's obviously a Posner original, uh, so that one made it on TV. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. I have to tell you, I I, I had to pause the television while I popped for this when Mick Foley sees the Sacco in the case. And he says, ah, oh, it's a Richie Posner edition. I'm like, he's talking about it like it's a Van Gogh or something. <laughs> like it's a Richie Posner. <laughs> I'm like, it's a, it's a damn sock with some drawings on it. <laughs> that, that is Mick Foley, the everyman, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Sweatpants and sneakers, which they covered on the show. It's great stuff. Um, but in the trailer for the rest of the season, I picked up on a little something that, I, you know, maybe it's been covered and I missed it, but I don't. I don't remember hearing about this guy being on Most Wanted Treasures. Oh, wow. Yeah, I missed that. So Jake Roberts is shown walking around looking for something. AEW's Jake Roberts, by yeah. the way. So not always get, you know, getting some crossover, which is a lot of fun. I, that, that really makes me happy to know that Jake is at least in the good graces enough that they would use him on something like that. So good, good for him, good for WWE, for... You know, once again, uh, we saw it with uh, the last Broken Skull sessions uh, to not really worry about that little bit of crossover there. And you're not, not get crazy about it. And be like, oh, no, we can't have. Uh, here's a guy who's part of your history, uh, you know, a pretty substantial part of your history. And to not just, you know, erase him from the timeline. That's uh, that that's re that really makes me happy. Uh, you know, me, too. I, I think it's great that we're seeing, you know, a, a lot of like interesting and fun back and forth. WWE has kind of said, you know what, they're there. We're going to deal with it and uh, we can coexist, it seems like. Um, I don't know if that's what they're saying, but that's what I'm perceiving, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> now, Jody in the comments is laying down some facts for right. us. So these are hard-hitting facts that I need to bring up on the show and that is Ryan Joy rocks. How about that? <laughs> you know? You get no argument from me. <laughs> Clean interviews, she says. So, absolutely. Thank you, Jody. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, on uh, on to some more news. Ronda Rousey, shortly after we went off the air yesterday, uh, it would kind of broke the news broke that Ronda Rousey is expecting. So, congratulations to her. And, John, as you said before we went on the air, um, we can no longer expect her. <laughs> so. She is expecting, so we are no longer expecting her. Congrats yeah. to her and Hoppa. Yes, she's four months pregnant, so um, she clearly waited till after the, the first trimester was over. And uh, all that time around WrestleMania two weeks ago when we were thinking, oh, Ronda might show up and Becky yeah. might show up. Well, Becky's still a maybe, but Ronda was not showing up. <laughs> so that's okay. Congratulations, Ronda. Uh, enjoy your, your time, and we'll see you at WrestleMania 39 or something. <laughs> so. Uh, and the Owen Hart episode of Dark Side of the Ring Confidential is on tonight. So a little bonus footage to go with you and uh, Conrad Thompson to do the MC and introduce the segment. So that's fun. Yeah, a lot of uh, ancillary wrestling stuff going on. You know, we had the whole A and E uh, this weekend. We're getting the, we got Dark Side of the Ring. I'm just there's just so much wrestling to consume, and oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. It, and it's fun. You know, some of these old nostalgia trips are, are, are great stuff. And 
you know, the own the own hard story. It's hard pressed to call that fun, but it is, you know, it's it's very good television. It's good to see the story told. Um, Martha Martha Hart has not done a lot, so it's good to hear her side of the the story. Which, you know, you always hear WWE saying, "Oh, Owen Hart." I'm not saying WWE, but people from WWE, whether it's Mark Henry or others, saying, "Oh, Owen Hart should be in the Hall of Fame," and she gives her perspective on why he's not. So, um, there you have it. Yeah. Now, John, you are the senior impact correspondent. And this, uh, so, and today is impact day. So we do have impact television that we're not going to dwell on too much, but just so everybody, everybody knows the good brothers face decay to Neil Dashman face Susan, Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards, Jordan Grace versus Kiara Hogan and Shara facing Jake something in a battle of the big guys. Um, but most of those matches are all leading to rebellion. Right now we have an eight-match card, and as Al Carl has astutely pointed out, they typically have nine. So maybe we'll see something come out of the Shara Jake something match that leads into a Rohit Jake something Shira business at the show. We'll see. But what we do have are nine matches, and we have Kara Hogan and Tasha Seals versus Jordan Grace and a mystery partner for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. John, any any thoughts on who that mystery partner could be here? We're getting late in the uh, late in the week. Have you heard any rumblings? Uh, I haven't heard any, you know, nothing leaked, nothing, you know, there's just a lot of people throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I'm going to stick with what I've been hoping for for a couple months since we first saw the little bit of heat between Havoc and Nevaeh. Now Nevaeh is gone. Havoc needs something to do. Love to see the two big gals go at it with probably two of the smallest gals on the roster. Mm, that's true. I'm thinking Jazz is going to select somebody from the past. So she's going to reach back there. She might pull out ODB, right? Like that's been somebody who's been on recently, but, sure. you know, maybe Victoria or Ivory or something like that. Um, um, it, it won't be Mickey James, at least not this week. If it was 90 days from now, maybe. Yeah. So we have Violent by Design, the full four-person uh, faction versus Willie Mack, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Chris Saban. We have Sammy Callahan versus Trey in a last-man-standing match. The X Division Championship will be decided in a triple threat where Ace Austin defends against Josh Alexander and TJP. Now that match, um, according to Pete Williams, who has done the Steiner math, Josh Alexander is the favorite. But if you ask the, the odds makers at Swingers Palace, TJP is the favorite. But Ace Austin goes in as the champion, I guess because he doesn't have the, the – uh, no DQ, no countout rules because it's triple threat. Maybe he, maybe uh, Ace Austin doesn't get his championship advantage. Uh, so Al corrects me in Impact World it is Tara. There's also uh, Ms. Wild who has uh, been doing promos and such, so that could be another option. In a, in a sorry, John, did you have a point? <laughs> no, no, just just agreeing. In a battle of the major wrestling figures pod hosts, we have uh, Matt Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona, and then the uh, the Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perazzo versus Tennille Dashwood. Deanna's on a run; she's been champion for a long time now, um, with a little break in there for Sue Young. But do you think uh, Tennille Dashwood ha might have the recipe to take down Deanna? Gee, I don't. You know, uh, once again, uh, no disrespect to Tennille, but I think this is just Deanna finishing off, cleaning out the division, 
so that she could stand before us the following week and say, you know, what's left? Who's left for me? And then either Taylor Wilde shows up or Sue Young comes back and, you know, shakes her to the very core. And uh, that's where we get her next opponent from. That makes sense to me. That does make sense to me. Now we have two matches that are interpromotional on this show. And the first one, Finn Juice, they took the tag titles from the Good Brothers uh, at the last show and two shows ago, and they took them to Japan. And they've been wearing those Impact uh, tag team titles around, and um, they're coming back. The brothers are getting their rematch to see if they can win them back. I sort of like the idea of Impact losing all their titles to outside forces now that the doors are open, and then having to rebuild Impact. But, John, do you think the Good Brothers are just going to take these titles right back for us? Yeah, yeah, I think so, just for the fact that I think the way things are going with the whole Bullet Club angle, it would almost be, I would almost feel bad for the Good Brothers if they had to show up in Jacksonville and, you know, hang out in their dented trailer or wherever <laughs> they're going to hang out and be the only ones not holding gold. Yeah, at the same time, I really keep thinking to myself that the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks is the feud that we're probably going to get at some point. They're really slow rolling. It doesn't seem to be going that way right at the moment. but I wouldn't um, mind that at all. Sure. And then the final match is the most talked about match in Impact uh, last year, in Impact anyway. Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, AEW title for Impact title. Mauro Ranallo doing the call. Uh, Aubrey doing the refereeing. So... Uh, they're in the impact zone, but they got an AEW ref, so it's kind of neutralized. Tony Khan had Tony Khan and Scott Demore have said there will be a winner, and we're not going to have a DQ, uh, no contest thing like that. There will be a winner. Somebody's walking away with both belts. Is there any way it's Rich Swan? Just don't see how it happens. I I think we will see just because they've made so much of it. We'll probably see Swan be the first person to kick out, well, the, the way they're kayfaving it, be the first person to kick out of a one-winged angel, and, and then he'll probably fall to the second one. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Um, I don't I don't know exactly how it'll go, but, yes, I think Kenny Omega is going to run away with this, and poor Rich Swan, um, you know, loses his title, but there will – hopefully he looks very strong in the match. I mean, I think that's the, that's the goal, right? So – yeah, I, th- I think though, there's, there's, I think there's no doubt about it. Those two will just tear it up for you know twenty five minutes or so, and you know, Rich Swan will not come away looking weak at all. Right, right. Well, with that business done, John, it's time for you to submit yourself to Backlash two thousand five trivia. Here we go. Just take a look at our standings, John. You are actually in really good shape. If you get one question right, you are <laughs> tied for first place in the uh, in the league here. So, um, and you have most monthly championships. So it's good you're, we're heading into the last week here. If you can sub- make a substantial leap forward here, you're in good shape. So, uh, yesterday we talked about Shelton Benjamin getting a win over Ric Flair in 2004. Very interesting. So I ask you now, what top guy did Shelton Benjamin beat at Backlash 2005 to retain the Intercontinental Championship? And you have a few options. Christian, 
Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, or Eddie Guerrero? This guy. <laughs> it, John DeConnie was not an option. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. It is Chris Jericho. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like when I start looking at these, my man, Shelton Benjamin, he's got quite a run here at Backlash. What might he get at WrestleMania Backlash this year? If he goes in there against Bobby Lashley, I might have to put the chips down on him. Maybe not. <laughs> so, uh, what team defeated La Resistance in the finals of the Tag Team Turmoil match to leave with the World Tag Team Championships? Your options are Tajiri and William Regal, the Heartthrobs, Hurricane and Rosie, or Simon Dean and Maven? Uh, that would be Hamburglar and Grimace. Hamburglar and Grimace is right. <laughs> Hurricane and Rosie, for the second year in a row, get wins over La Resistance at Backlash. Okay, the team of Muhammad Hassan and Daivari competed in the semi-main event against this team. Your options are Kurt Angle and The Rock, Ric Flair and Randy Orton, Matt and Jeff Hardy, or Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. That would be Hogan and Michaels. Oh, my God. You're running away with it. You're three for three. You have uh, secured your Goldberg Oscar Award for the day, but we will continue to see if you can get a perfect plex. Okay. The Big Red Machine got a win on this pay-per-view. He was accompanied by Lita. His opponent was accompanied by Trish Stratus. Who was the opponent? Your options are Viscera, The Undertaker, Mankind, or Shane McMahon. Mankind, Shane McMahon. Viscera, Undertaker, Mankind, Shane McMahon. Those were the options. Viscera, Undertaker, Mankind, and Shane. Uh, don't remember this match, but because I don't. I'm going to go Big Viz. It is. It's Viscera. Accompanied by Trish Stratus. Yeah, that's, that's the part that's thrown me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so here's a fun one. In the main event, Batista defeated Triple H to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. But what official took a pedigree after the match? Now, you have choices. Here are your choices. Brian Hebner, Earl Hebner, Dave Hebner, Tim White, Mike Kyoto, Joey Morella, Sean Bennett, Lady Ref Jess, Ajah Smith, Chad Patton, Charles Robinson, or Nick Patrick. Uh, option J. No, um, that's Chad Patton. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say it was Kyoto. It was Kyoto. Yes. <laughs> wow. Let's see. Let's give you as a streak right there. Perfect. 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 All right, a great job by John DeCani on today's trivia. He is really way out there in the lead now, John Smith. So you have to go perfect next week. All right, well, let me tell people about the Bell Time Club t-shirt. If you want to be part of the squad, get the Bell Time Club shirt. It comes at, It's $22, but it comes in uh, super soft style already for that $22. And you also get any size you want for that $22. And it includes shipping, so there's not any upcharge. It's $22. That's the bottom line here, and uh, it's a great shirt. I love it. Wear it proudly. Uh, if you want to be part of the Bell Time Club, get the shirt. And then also, every Friday, we have the Primetime Rundown with Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca. 
They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And then we have episode 51, 51 episodes in to the Essential Wrestling Podcast. That comes on on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Join Al Carl as he hosts alongside John and John and me and Gary and sometimes Travis. It's a week of up, week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. We had a great 50th week, uh, 50th episode special. It wasn't much of a special, but it was uh, it was definitely special to be there. So <laughs> we went longest ever, I think, on the show. So uh, go check it out, episode 50. 51's coming up this Tuesday. And our show, the Daily Wrestling News Show, returns tomorrow, as mentioned, with that interview with Chris Farrow. Very looking forward to that sit-down with him and having a great time talking about his big cruiserweight championship win. He is the first cruiserweight champion for CCW, and he had a field of 64 people that he beat out to win that championship. So props to him. Looking forward to sitting down and talking with him uh, on tomorrow's episode. So with that said, Al would like us to know, that that show was in his wheelhouse as well. <laughs> he, must be he got all the questions correct on trivia. And John, it was a great show today, and I can't believe you went perfect on Backlash 2005. I probably would have got one of those right if you asked those to me. And definitely not Viscera, accompanied by Trish Stratus. So, yeah, believe me, that one was thrown a dart. <laughs> <laughs> well. It was a good time today. Uh, any anything we missed in the world of wrestling that we need to cover down on? I don't think so. I mean, you just do such a good job of pulling all the relevant news that I can't imagine there's anything going on in the world of wrestling that we didn't cover. Of course, five minutes after we go off the air, something will break. <laughs> yes, I, I you know i I have been have been thinking I need to have like a live update thing on my screen here so that I can make sure I, I mentioned that Ronda Rousey is pregnant, you know, five minutes after we start the show, you know, so <laughs> it just happened folks. It just happened. No details, please. Okay. Um, okay. Well that, well, thanks John. I appreciate it. We had a great show today and we'll see everybody tomorrow for that great interview with Chris Farrow. See you then. <laughs>